0: Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn why talking
1: to strangers basically built human civilization with author Joe Cohane. Then you'll learn about a new AI-generated map revealing hidden dark matter bridges that connect galaxies.
0: Let's satisfy some curiosity.
1: If I told you to strike up a conversation with the first stranger you saw, how would you react? If you're like a lot of people, you'd feel nervous, scared even. But according to today's guest, there's really no reason to be scared. In fact, talking to strangers is so good for us that it's basically the reason we have civilization in the first place. Seriously. Joe Cohane is a veteran journalist and the author of the new book, The Power of Strangers, The Benefits of Connecting in a Suspicious World. And he says that your fear of talking to strangers is really common. And totally unfounded.
2: What's been really interesting in a lot of the studies that have been done over the last 15 years is that everybody worries that they're going to be rejected and they're going to be bad at this. And according to a couple of really famous studies by Nicholas Epley and Juliana Schroeder, two American psychologists, none of the hundreds of people they've sent out to do this on like mass transit in Chicago and London had actually been rejected. In Epley and Schroeder's words, there's no meaningful chance of rejection. Now that's based on that sample. Maybe that sample is just like remarkably good at this or lucky because obviously there is a chance of rejection, but it's people's expectations of rejection are way disproportionate to the actual odds that they will be rejected by somebody. Um, and more to the point when put into these situations where they're like sent out to chat people up, um, which again, like they regard with like horror, right? Like talking to someone on the subway is just simply not done. Um, so they're really nervous about it. They're, they're really sweating it. They find again and again and again, in different places around the world, um, different types of people, extroverts and introverts, that it's much easier to do than they expected. The conversation is much more enjoyable than they thought it would be. They enjoyed their, say, commutes more than they would have otherwise. And they really like the person that they talk to. And that just that's replicated again and again and again and again, um, which is very surprising to a lot of people. But it really shouldn't be that surprising when you consider that we are like hyper-social animals. You know, human civilization is basically the product of being able to cooperate and interact with total strangers. Um, This is the foundation of the whole thing. So you know, we shouldn't believe that it's so hard to do, but people definitely do. People are definitely really worried about the prospect of doing this.
1: Let's talk about how it was like. This is the basis of civilization. Like, how did talking to strangers? lead to us being here now?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's sort of a question of you just can't know that many people. So, you know, in the book, I go back to ethnographies of hunter gatherer societies to try to get at how they regarded strangers, because the thinking is like, we're very cynical about human nature in a lot of ways. People think that back then, like it was a permanent state of war, or you can go far in the opposite direction that it was like an Eden, you know, paradise. But what I discovered, you know, in looking through a lot of that material was that they were wary of strangers. And I think everybody's wary of strangers. We're kind of wired to be that way. But what these societies devised were things called breeding rituals, which were ways to kind of manage the risk that a stranger could present, but also taking advantage of the opportunity that they might provide. So say in the Kalahari desert, the San people, you have a little group of hunter-gatherers and you're 12 to 24 people say, and a random guy turns up, right? This is how that, that works. You would think ordinarily that they would just like chase the guy away, but that guy could represent something. He could represent an opportunity. He could know where water is. He could have some sort of innovation. He could have an idea. He could just be good company. So to manage to reconcile that risk and that, up, and that opportunity, they would make him sit like 100 yards away from the camp and throw his weapons off to the side. So he, like they're, he's making himself vulnerable. And then he has to sit there for as long as they make him sit there until they come up to talk to him. And that demonstrates that he has, like, self-control, because it turns out the research tells us that we worry that strangers don't have the same degree of, like, self-control or intellectual, like, you know, internal life that we have. So he sits there for a while, and then eventually they send someone out to chat with him, and they, like, very carefully talk to each other. And once they're kind of reassured, they'll kind of bring the guy back and, like, introduce him to the group. And then maybe he stays in that group. Maybe he goes to another group, and now they have a tie with that group, where if one group is in trouble, they can turn to the other ones, and then social networks kind of grow from there. And you can see that scale over thousands of years where you went from hunter gatherer to, you know, farming communities, agrarian um, settlements where people started practicing hospitality to like random wanderers. And you can see how that, turned into cities where like bigger and bigger agglomerations of strangers figured out ways to live together. And cities went to nation states and they went to countries and they went to like things like the EU. It kept getting bigger and bigger groups of people cooperating. And it, it wasn't super harmonious. I mean, we can see there's still like a lot of fractiousness, but the fact that like I can be comfortable in the company of an American solely because they're one of 350 million people is crazy, but it's a testament to like how wired we are to connect with people we don't know. Right. And it's a testament to how adaptive this is to to have that capacity.
1: So go ahead. Talk to that cashier. You're just exercising your human capacity for connection. Again, that was Joe Cohane, a veteran journalist and the author of the new book, The Power of Strangers, The Benefits of Connecting in a Suspicious World. He'll be back tomorrow with some tips on how we can be better at talking to strangers
0: a team of Korean and American researchers have made a new map of dark matter in our corner of the universe. They found a strange surprise. A series of dark matter bridges that connect galaxies. Now, dark matter is tough to find because it doesn't interact the same way as regular matter. But luckily, gravity gives us a way to detect it. Galaxies spin and move differently when dark matter is present. So to find dark matter... Scientists run simulations of the motion of known objects to see how their movements differ from what we would expect if dark matter wasn't present. That lets scientists find a map of where dark matter is. But the problem is, reverse engineering these kinds of simulations is time-consuming, and the results are imprecise. So, scientists borrowed a method from the field of artificial intelligence to make the process simpler and faster. It involves something called a convolutional neural network. Artificial neural networks are modeled after the brain, but convolutional neural networks have a special trait, the convolutional layers. So imagine you have a magnifying glass and you slide it around an image looking for a specific feature, like an eye or a nostril. That's what convolutional layers do. They search through the image and mark down whenever a specific feature is seen, and that's no matter where it is. Convolutions are what gives this special kind of neural network the ability to work effectively with images. And in this case, it allowed the research team to predict the density of dark matter through the images that have been taken of our region of the universe, overlaid with known maps of dark matter. By comparing the predictions with known dark matter structures, the scientists could confirm that the neural network was giving reasonable predictions. And some of these predictions were pretty fascinating. They suggested that there are dark matter bridges that connect galaxies, kind of like a dark matter skeleton holding the universe together. But these findings are more than just an academic exercise. They can also help us understand our galaxy's fate, By looking at just the visible matter in our region of space, it looks like we're likely to collide with our neighboring galaxy, Andromeda, in several billion years. Don't worry. But the hidden dark matter in these filaments could drastically impact the eventual motion of our galaxy, and be the deciding factor whether it will smash into Andromeda or not. So we still don't know what dark matter is, or why it doesn't interact with regular matter, but thanks to this new research, we know a little bit more about where to find it. Let's do a quick recap of what we learned today. What we learned is that everyone worries that they'll be bad at talking to strangers, but according to a lot of research, there's actually a very low chance of being rejected compared to being accepted. Studies consistently show that conversations with strangers are easier to have and end up being more enjoyable than people expect.
1: And we learned that it might be easy to talk to strangers because that's kind of the basis of human civilization. History suggests that we've always been wary of strangers, but societies have had greeting rituals, so people kind of knew what to expect when talking to someone they didn't know. Those gave people chances to cooperate with each other, which could lead to them forming social networks over time, and that led to people cooperating enough to form cities, then nation-states, then countries, and, you know, then the world! So yeah, talking to strangers has been pretty important for humanity.
0: And you're really good at it because you're in a new city and you're doing it a bunch and I don't leave my house, so I'm getting worse at it. But I do try to practice when I'm out and about.
1: Listen, I mean, moving to a new city is like it it comes with a built-in excuse to talk to strangers. You just have to be like, I'm new here. And then everyone wants to tell you about like how to get places and like what the best restaurants are and and when you've lived in a city for a gazillion years, that's harder because you're like, yeah, I know I've been here a while. How about how about you? Oh, OK. Like, I don't know. Everybody is in their routines. When you're new, you kind of like get a free pass. So I'm, I'm using that opportunity for sure.
0: But you don't have to move to a new city to try this again. Even just the person checking it out at the grocery store, the person in line next to you waiting for coffee. All that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. And the tips that Joe has tomorrow are really basic and very easy to implement.
0: He's incredibly helpful. So, looking forward to it. Also, if you've been a longtime listener to the show, you probably heard us cover a story like two years ago, at least, about a study that was conducted in Chicago where. People talk to strangers on the subway and they found out that it was easier to talk to strangers than, than usual. That's one of the research studies that Joe talks about in his book. It just turns out that there's actually a bunch more studies that replicate those findings and were conducted in different places. So if it sounded kind of familiar, like, yeah, we've, we've actually gotten into it, but uh, didn't realize that it was more replicable and more broadly wonderful to talk to humans than just that one particular instance.
1: Yeah, he actually interviewed the researchers behind that exact study for his book. So it's all it's all intertwined. There you go. And we learned that researchers have used AI to make a new map of the dark matter in our corner of the universe. And they've found dark matter bridges that connect galaxies that can help us make predictions about the future of our galaxy, like whether we'll collide with the Andromeda galaxy in several billion years.
0: Dark matter is so cool. And it's like most of the matter in the universe, right? It is. Yeah. This is what gets me about people that are skeptical when extraordinary things happen. We're mostly made of empty space. Quantum entanglement doesn't make any sense in terms of physics. Most of the matter in the universe is a thing that we've never seen before. I mean, like, come on. Like, if you're a science minded person and you're like super skeptical that like anything weird and extraordinary can never happen. It's like, dude, Tell me those muons coursing through your veins and those dark matter bridges connecting the galaxy you live in. Tell me that's normal. Totally normal.
2: Yeah.
1: What kind of what kind of weird stuff are you talking about?
0: Magic? Why can't someone shoot lightning from their fingertips, Ashley? <laughs> huh? We Guardian right. Leviosa? Come on. Mm-hmm. That stuff's all possible. Improbable, but I mean the The cool thing is
1: that like half the stuff you mentioned is stuff that scientists have been like, yeah, this is a thing. And then the other half is stuff that like fiction writers wrote about. So
0: (laughs) it's kind of different. Yeah. Now I'm kidding about some of the really extraordinary paranormal stuff, but I'm just saying there's some weird stuff out there.
1: Yeah. I'm more on the skeptical side. I'll just have to put my cards on the table. What? (laughs) You? I know. The writer for today's last story was Brianna Brownell.
0: Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer, who is also an audio editor on today's episode.
1: Our producer and lead audio editor is Cody Goff.
0: Go talk to a stranger. If you listen to this podcast, you'll have plenty to talk about. And then join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious.